Welcome to Talking Facts, and thank you for tuning in to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts, a podcast collaboration between the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center and the UK College of Agriculture, Food and Environment's Cooperative Extension Service. We will share with you the latest developments in cancer prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and research from the experts at Markey Cancer Center, Kentucky's only National Cancer Institute designated cancer center. Talking Facts is hosted by the UK Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello and welcome to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Robert Slocum, the Narrative Medicine Program Coordinator at UK Healthcare, as well as a voluntary faculty member within the University of Kentucky College of Medicine. Welcome, Rob. Good morning. So today's topic, I am very excited to bring to our listeners that we're going to discuss narrative medicine. And this was a new term to me as we've been chatting a little bit before we started recording today. And I just really wanted to kick off and ask in general, what is narrative medicine? Well, I guess I'd say everybody has a story. Everybody has a narrative. And as we talk through our narratives, we can come to a point of greater clarity, greater insight, greater understanding. It gives an opportunity to work through issues that perhaps we haven't completely gone through. And if we're in a situation that is evolving, that is an ongoing process of working through, understanding, making decisions about getting a deeper perspective on what's happening. That's true for anyone at any time. It's not by any means exclusive to a medical context, but it is certainly true in a medical context that if a patient is facing a challenging situation that has brought them to medical care, brought them to be an inpatient in the hospital, that they've got a significant aspect of their story that's coming into focus right now. And so it can be helpful for the patient to talk through what's going on. That may include um, what's been experienced by the patient leading up to this. They first had symptoms. They may have seen an outside provider, outside hospital, but some sequence of events has led them to receive care here at University of Kentucky Healthcare. They may be facing a crisis of some kind. The illness or injury itself may present a crisis. There may be decisions to be made. In some cases, patients may have had events in their past that continue to impact them, trigger symptoms, cause issues that they need to resolve. So all of these aspects can be helped by talking, by talking through with another. Uh, We've referred to sort of the the dyadic or one-on-one relationship between the patient and the narrative medicine provider. So just to say narrative medicine draws out the patient's story to help them understand what's going on, come to clarity, better clarity, better insights about themselves, the decisions they're facing, the emotions that are coming up. They may be anxious. They may be depressed. They may be just concerned, or they may be, on the other hand, 
joyful that they're getting better, that they can see improvement, that they're able to return to their lives. They may even have come to new insights during the course of treatment, sort of like, well, I've been there, done that. Now I want to move forward. I mean, you know, do you see things differently now? They say, yes. I mean, when I first started this work uh, in 2015, so I'm in my ninth year now, I was based exclusively in the cancer center. And over time, that is now expanded. And I'm part of integrative medicine, which is available for referrals throughout the enterprise, at least at Chandler. But I'm just saying that at first, it was intriguing. I would go to the patients and I'd ask them four core questions that I found very helpful in this context, just as a starting point, just as getting things going and not not a checklist. I mean, narrative medicine is not an interview. It's not a list of questions that has to be answered. It's very dynamic and free-flowing. But at least in the background, the four core questions of what brings you here, which is an invitation to the patient to share the history, their their experience of symptoms, their experience of other treatments, um, other issues, getting to care, sometimes negotiating insurance, all the things you have to do sometimes. And sometimes there's some very frustrating stories that come out with that. But anyway, what brings you here? What helps you the most? Which is an invitation to the patient to describe their sources of strength, which could be faith, could be family, could be a sense of their own meaning and purpose. And again, we talk a lot in narrative about identity because a patient going through uh, illness or injury and treatment will be going through events that challenge their identity. A person who's very uh, self-reliant, self-directed may find themselves unable to do the most basic activities of daily living without assistance. They may have been um, articulating long-term plans and suddenly everything is on hold till this current medical crisis is resolved. So just to say what helps you the most, and that may be how they draw on their own sense of resources, their, their family support system, friends. They may even say, the, the medical community here is part of what helps them the most. So they are so glad to be in a place where there are many providers reaching out to help them. But anyway, so what brings you here? What helps you the most? Then a very, um, I don't know, intriguing question sometimes. Do you see anything differently after you've been through this much of the course of your treatment? And some people say, no, I'm just getting treated. But many will say, yeah, I see everything differently. I mean, my life is in a different place now. I have perhaps different priorities. I once had a patient say to me, uh, I've, I've spent my whole life just trying to get more money and more money. And now I see I need to approach things differently. I've got a whole new orientation to life. I want to spend more time with my loved ones, more time doing the things that matter most to me. So um, important insights. And some of the earlier questions is kind of like question, answer, question, answer. But sometimes asking the question, do you see anything differently? And there'll be this sort of long pause. I mean, you can tell the the wheels are turning. Yes, I do see things differently. And then finally, what comes next? 
which again sounds just like folksy conversation, but it really relates closely to to the work of a writer named Viktor Frankl, who found that those people who had a future orientation, who had a sense of meaning and purpose in their lives did better in the context where he was, which is a very challenging context uh, himself, uh, not a medical context. But just to say that our patients too face illness and injury, but it's also important that they stay connected with their identity, with who they are, of what they want and you know what they look forward to could vary greatly. One might say, well, I want to finish my course of study or finish a book I'm working on or something. Others might say, I want to go home and watch the sunset over the trees in my backyard. <laughs> I want to plant my roses again for another season. And, and it's all good. It's all good. But it, it incentivizes a healing. It incentivizes moving forward, um, encourages buy-in for doing the work that needs to be done. Because as I say to, to patients, they get frustrated sometimes. I mean, some have longer stays, like I need to get back to work. I say, you have a full-time job and your full-time job right now is to get well or to get deal well, with your yes. treatments or to at least face what you're facing. And that's a full-time job. And it's not an easy full-time job. It's a challenging full-time job. So, um, but those core questions, I think, at least give an idea of what happens in these sessions, in these meetings. And some, it's a, a one and done, but others, because now we have the capability to see both inpatients and outpatients by telehealth. So there are patients that I've had the opportunity to um, have visits with over a period of time and then see the evolution of their healing, see them working out long-term issues. It's not just, well, I had a sore throat, now it's better, but coming to terms with a variety of kinds of issues, um, some of which may have been triggered by, as I say, events that have happened in the past, things they've never really been able to talk through uh, in a complete or full way that may be triggering for other things happening in their present. When I think about sharing a story, I think about capturing it. Are, are these conversations captured in any way? Not generally. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're captured in my memory. <laughs> I'll hear them and I can remember. And of course, I mean, I write notes. But, uh, but again, because of the nature of this work, I mean, it's certainly all the usual patient protections are very much in place here. So uh, the only exception to that would be if the patient, this is in rare circumstances, has consented to sharing their story. In fact, I believe earlier we were talking about uh, a UK Now presentation I did some years ago, and I had a patient who consented to share his story for purposes of um, anyone who wanted to see it. He was very emphatic. He wanted to talk about his cancer. He wanted to talk about things that had been helpful for him in treatment. And with that, um, was willing to share the story. But frankly, that's been a long-term dream or goal of mine that for those people who are willing to share uh, to share a story. I mean, if you may be familiar with StoryCorps, where people have been able to record and archive brief interviews 
uh, about uh, an important moment in their lives. And frankly, if we could have something like that here, that would be very helpful. And I know sometimes in terms of peer supports, we've had people who are coming in for one kind of procedure introduced to someone who's previously gone through that, who can tell them some of what they've experienced. So that could certainly relate to narrative as well. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about if there was a way for the patient to have captured it as a as a time of oh, yeah. reflection in the future or yeah. and and maybe they don't want to remember the moment in time or oh, mostly or, I find that they do. I mean just that it's uh it's an important moment in their lives and it's not something uh I mean part of narrative is helping to engage fully. And that we find, I mean, sometimes an instinct can be to try to escape something that's like, I just don't want to think about that. I'm going to push it to the side. We find that doesn't tend to work so well, that those things that we try to hold inside, instead of just moving past them, they kind of fester and they kind of stay there and get worse. And it's sort of like if you had, you know, dirty laundry and said, well, I've got to lock it in a room and just put it out of my mind, but it's still there. It's still there. You know, it's like time doesn't heal all wounds. You, you really have to do the work. And if you put it off, it's still waiting to be done. So we try to do that. But the, the kind of the breakthrough moments can be recorded. I invite patients who are interested uh, to do what we call journaling, to write down their story. And if sometimes there's something that they seem to be dwelling on or something that maybe it's just keeping them up at night or whatever, I'll suggest that they take a journal, which could be anything, a sheet of paper, a notebook from the drugstore, and write down their thoughts and feelings about a particular circumstance or situation. And if nothing else, just to say, if they find themselves coming back to it, just, well, I've already written that down. I've, I've said everything I need to say about that right now. It'll, it'll be there in the morning. I can come back to it then, but I don't need to keep you know ruminating. I don't need to keep going over it and over it and over it through the night. So uh, we I do journal workshops twice uh, a week at the Behavioral Health Unit at Good Sam, but I also do it for all kinds of groups. As I mentioned before, we have support groups in the cancer centers. I've led journal exercises for support groups. I've done uh, journal workshop type exercises for departments like, say, the residents from a particular uh, medical department, uh, from the nursing staff or whatever. I'm just saying it works with all kinds of groups and all kinds of situations. So in those, I would uh, offer a prompt to give the people present an opportunity to write, and then we'd share what's been said, and I'd have some questions to kind of guide discussion. So that's another aspect of narrative medicine. So it's available both for group work as well as inpatient and outpatient individual visits. Excellent. Dr. Slocum, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with our listeners about the topic of, of narrative medicine that I have found it to be a fascinating conversation with you and I can certainly understand how it helps an individual through the healing process. Thank you again for being with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. Our goal is to connect you with the latest advances in cancer research in the Commonwealth. If you enjoyed today's podcast and have a suggestion for a future show topic, 
please message us on the UK Markey Cancer Center Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UK Markey or visit our website at markey.uky.edu for more information. You can find University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension programs at your local Extension office or online at fcs.uky.edu. Building strong families, building Kentucky. It starts with us.